And we're back. Yeah, welcome back everyone. Nicola McGarrett here for another episode of Wondercast. Nick, it's sunny. What are you up to on this sunny day? Well, I'm a bit of a dolt, to be honest. Adult, good use of the word dolt. You don't hear that often, do you? That word of the day so far, dolt. Don't know where that came from. (laughs) But I I thought I'd have a little go at my garden. It's looking a bit tragic. Never go to a garden centre after a bank holiday weekend. What, did they have nothing? nothing? It was just like desolated, ruined, the, the, the remains of a festival, but not Absolutely. the good kind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was terrible. So I walked in, to, I went to two. I thought, come on, maybe it's just this one. But nothing at all. So I came back and just felt a bit sad. So, um, yeah. So then I thought, I'll come and speak to you instead, G, and that will cheer me up. And this is... You're on half term, or what? You're on holidays from school at the moment. What's the, what's the holidays yeah, for at the moment? Yeah, it's half term. So we've had uh, bank holiday Monday, and then we got the rest of the week. So um, and it's already whizzing by. I can't believe it. But we have had a very jolly good time so far because we've had some Aussie relatives coming over to stay with us. Did they behave themselves, young Lachlan? They were Sophia? perfect. They were like love's young dream. They're so cute together, and they were just gorgeous company. Everybody was completely enamoured by them. How did you entertain them? What what were the sights of Cardiff and Surrounds that you impressed because them I with? I was very aware that what would amuse them would be very different to what would amuse me. Well, because you're more highbrow. Oh, that's so. exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> so we had, a, we had a barbie. Everybody loves a barbecue. Because the weather was good as well. I mean, let's just, that has to be said. Good weather makes everything better. Well, as you know, it's always sunny in Wales. And then <laughs> we went up to the waterfalls and had a little walk around there up in the Brecon Beacons. What's the Welsh name of the, Is that the Falling Snow Waterfalls? Because, or what, how do you call them in Welsh? Estradaltra. That's the one I was looking However, for. However, we didn't actually go to that one. We went to a quieter one around the corner which was really sweet and lovely walk and, and very deserted. So it was just, it was divine that, that, that was gorgeous. Even better. And yeah. then we went into our great city of Cardiff and they had a little mooch, had a little look at the castle, did a little bit of vintage shopping. Very nice. Any pubs? Oh yes, good point. We went for a lovely long walk on their first day, went up over the mountain, good old hour, and then ended up in the Mythloid, which was a nice Delicious. country pub. and. Oh, it was hilarious, Gareth, because how old are they? 22, 20, what are they? 22, 23, I forget. Yeah, no, more 23 than 22, 23. I think. Well, I think. I'm and, guessing, not sure. You know, very mature. They're traveling the world. You know, they can cope. Well, they get up there and the barman wouldn't serve them a drink because they didn't have any ID. Right. They were very disappointed about that. And ironically, nephew Tom, who's underage, had fake ID. So he was drinking a lager and cheersing everybody as he was the only one that could get some booze. It's really sad. That is sad because also Lachlan and Sophia are renowned for smuggling booze into festivals. Like, you know those drinkable yogurt sort of cartons that you like empty those out and then you fill them with vodka or whatever. So they're like experienced at bending the rules. So it seems astonishing they've been tripped up in the wilds of Cardiff. Yes, at its most basic. And really, it was my fault because, of course, if I'd have said, oh, I'll have an Aperol Sprit, I was just having a lime and soda because that's the kind of girl I am. But if I'd have said to them, oh, yeah, can I have the spritz, please? Then I would have just given them mine. But I just, my head was so in the shed because I couldn't believe they wouldn't serve them booze. Anyway, it was fine. We made up for it at the barbecue. Uh, What are the rest of your plans for the half-term break then? Lynn's, my lovely sister and I, are going to Goobert tomorrow. Now, can you point that out on a map to me? Okay. 
So it's Cardigan. Ah. Yeah, Keridigian, I think. It's on the Keridigian coast, so it's kind of looking over Poppet Sands. Nice. Yeah. How long is it going to take you to drive there? Well, about two hours. Oh, not too bad. I thought it might be longer. No, but, about yeah. two hours. And, and then we're going to have a game of golf. And nice. we're going to go walking because it's right on the coastal path. How is your golf form at the moment? Are you feeling loose in the hips? Are you feeling like <laughs> strong in the shoulders? Can I just say yes to both of those? Because I would, you know, it's been a long time since I could say yes to either of those. But my <laughs> golf is poor. And one of these days, I'm bound to improve, aren't I? I think that's how golf works. You just keep doing it and eventually you turn into Tiger Woods. I think so. I think the golf fairies have got to think she's put a, she's put a shift in. She does deserve it, I think. Oh, wait a minute now because oh. we can Twitter on about my nonsense, but you have been to Australia and back since we last spoke. Uh, well, yes, that's true. I think I was in Australia oh, last yeah. time we spoke, actually. You so, um, you But you're right. Time zones have been travelled and I am now back in London. So that's nice. Doing what? What? Um, I am house-sitting. Well, more dog-sitting than house-sitting. I'm in Forest Hill at the Hardy Bars in charge of their beloved dog. And he has made it very clear who is the alpha in this relationship. <laughs> it's not me. <laughs> you said he's never really bonded with you. Well, I'm not sure what his bonding would look like, to be honest. He's just not an affectionate dog, but he does like to keep you within eyesight at all times. So he doesn't want to be too close to you, but he wants to be in the same room as you. And I did try putting him out in the garden earlier the week just because I thought I would really like to quite concentrate and do some writing, which is my job and how I get paid. Uh, So please, dog, why don't you go for a run in the lovely huge garden that is right here? I'll just close this little door and you knock yourself out. No, not having that. Not enough that he can see me through the glass. Has to be in physically the same room demanding attention well so he's scratching at the door like throwing himself at it you know like in jurassic park where um, the the velociraptors are testing the fences by throwing themselves against it to see find the weak spot that's what he was doing he was the velociraptor he's exaggerating me thinks however (laughs) not at all not even as scary but he's no trouble is he i mean is it does it just the very presence of somebody there put you off your writing do you lose the flow? Yes, because, you know, my, my writing process is is so delicately balanced that, <laughs> <laughs> that the mere presence of a judgmental dog does throw me <laughs> off a little bit. <laughs> uh, oh, it's funny. So your dog sitting after a lovely time in Australia. You did have a lovely time. I did. It was nice. Uh, a couple of weeks with the parents in Echuca, a couple of nights in Perth with Sister Lisa. Well, I tell you what we did in Perth. It actually took me on a tour down to Mandura, which is a bit south of Perth. And they had these uh, art installations, enormous giant, and they would call them, they called them giants. They were kind of like trolls made out of wood in various different locations around this coastal area. And you'd walk in through the bush to see this troll. And they looked amazing. They were incredibly sort of detailed, very cleverly constructed. But like as you're walking through, it's just like, oh, there's some, you know, incredible parrots and there's some cockatoos and oh now we're on the coast. Oh, there's some dolphins over there and there's a turtle swimming along. It's just like incredible. Like I honestly, Western Australia, it's got a lot going on. Oh, hold 
on, hold hold the phone. You when you say cockatoos and turtles, you, you don't mean wooden one. You mean a real one. No, actual ones. So you're wandering along to see these wooden installations, which in and of themselves are great. But you're sort of soaking up the the wildlife and you know fauna and flora surrounding you as you go. Oh, so lovely. I know it's kind of weird just to think you know oh there's three dolphins having a lovely time in the sun. It's like oh amazing. Yeah, nice because it's. We actually saw photos. I think Lisa sent me a photo of the wooden structure you things. Nest, yeah, 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 nestling in the arms of a wooden structure. I think, and it, both Linz and I said at the same time because we go walking in Butte Park, and in Butte Park, um, a, a lovely woodworky guy has done some animals out of wood. We think they're marvelous, you know, and I show them to everybody. But they're small compared to yours, you know. The trolls were enormous. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, huge. Like, and one of them was built into this tree that had fallen over. So it was like, you know, it was very. In, it was. In, well, I can't quite describe it, but very good. I'm saying, if you're if you're in the neighbourhood in Mandurah in Western Australia, check them out. I say. Why do Australians always kind of the words never sound like a real word in Mandurah? Mandurah. What's that mean? Mandurah. I think it's the local Indigenous Mandurah. First Nations language. Probably oh. it might mean. I don't know. You've got to say it with very flat vowels. Everything. And Mandurah. with a bit of a shrug of the shoulder. Mandra. Exactly. Thank you very much. Danny Minogue. Jennifer Lopez. That's how you... That, yeah, exactly. That's exactly it. That's funny. Well, I've been busy with my bees. Yes. Oh, because last time you were just about to embark on the new season of the bees, you were releasing the bees. How are the bees surviving? Well, they were thriving, like absolutely thrilled, huge huge amount you know 30,000 bees buzzing around beautiful gorgeous last time you when you you were about to go out was you were releasing 30,000 bees into the hive or what's the process you're following I don't know where you're getting this word releasing it makes me sound like I'm some sort of you know yes back into the wild you've been like you've grown them in captivity in a lab somewhere and then it's like time to release the bees they're in my trouser pocket no (laughs) they're in there they're in their little uh frames in the hive and you and they kind of sleepy they're a bit sleepy drugged not drugged just sleepy and then right. as the spring comes on they get a lot of pollen they're coming back they're making honey and then as now in the next few weeks they get crazy busy ready for the summer pollen so we're gonna go it's gonna go ballistic anytime now how do you know that they're okay? Well, because they're buzzing and they looking busy and they're doing bee like things. And you pick up the each frame and you go, Ooh, that's a heavy one. Oh, heavy means more bees. And more honey. More bees, more honey. Oh, does it? However, when you're comparing, you need to have some sort of context, don't you? I don't know. I just pick them up and I always go, Ooh, that's a heavy one. To everyone. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so things were looking really good, G. And then horror of horrors, we checked them last weekend. Yeah. We got queen cells. What does that mean? Dun dun dun. Well, it can mean one of three things. You get queen cells if it's an emergency queen cell. So the queen's died or we've squished her when we're checking our frames or she's been eaten by a boogeyman or something. Supersedure, which just means that she's getting really old and her pheromones aren't really, you know, aren't buzzing around. So the bees are like, come on, let's get a new younger babe in. We need to upgrade. We need a younger, fresher model. Let's do it. Absolutely. But the most likelihood is that they're going to swarm, which is oh. bad. So what happens then? The queen takes them on a bit of a road trip? Or? The queen goes with some of the bees to create a new colony somewhere else. Ah. I know, nightmare. What can you do? Well, 
nothing really. You you can squish the queen cells. That sounds a bit extreme, I doesn't know. it? And and are there, you know, proper beekeepers do know what they're doing. I don't. We don't know enough really to be doing any of that. No, that sounds quite advanced beekeeping, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. And I, there's something wrong. And if you squish them, it's full of this white goo, and right. that is the royal jelly. You could put that straight on I your face. I said that. Rejuvenation, I delicious. I said that. Anyway, Spread that on your toast. Yeah, so we're just, we're just waiting. We're not allowed to touch them now for three weeks because that's how long it'll take a new queen to come out and grow strong uh, and be ready. So we have to wait uh, and see. It's just a weird. very game. tense. Very tense. Very yeah. tense, yeah. And Oh, and the funny thing was, G, they were doing bees in school like they're doing, you know, spring and they were doing lambs and bees. Oh, sure. And the kiddiewinkles, the little kids, so, you know, four and five, were looking at, like, fuzzy bees and they, she had a, a little frame out. She had a pot of honey. They were going to try some honey and all the rest of it. Oh, nice. So I said, oh, I'll put my beekeeper kit on and come in tomorrow. <laughs> and she was like, oh, yeah, great. So I walked in and obviously looked more like a Martian than I had anticipated because yeah. there were lots of weeping children. What? Children weeping at the sight of you and your beekeeping outfit? Yeah. Like there'd been a hazardous chemical spill or something and you were there to shut the place down. Absolutely. Yeah, that was me. It was like Dustin Hoffman in that film, you know, when he went to and he discovered... Outbreak. 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 Well remembered. How did you like take your head off and then sort of say, surprise, it's only me, stop crying? Yeah, or how did you but, recover that situation? Well, by then... They were just what, you alarmed. spray them with the smoke that calms them down, doesn't <laughs> yeah, it? <laughs> yeah, I won't be doing that again in a hurry. Let's talk about the crocodile. Did you read about this crocodile story? Because it, it, did, it did jump out at me. No, I didn't read it. No. I'll give you a brief summary. This is a crocodile attack on a British tourist. I think it was British. Uh, in, it's in Queensland, up the very north of Queensland. And he was snorkeling out on the reef off this island and he got grabbed. He thought initially that it was a shark, but he felt sort of around as he was being attacked and realized, oh, no, that's a crocodile, like a saltwater crocodile. And he somehow levered the jaws off his head because it had grabbed him by the head and was able to fend off this saltwater crocodile and swim to safety, where he was then taken to hospital and survived. Extraordinary. Everyone seems to have agreed that it wasn't a big crocodile. Like, it was a relatively junior-sized crocodile, which is why he was able to fight it off, which does make sense. But still, I think, not a bad effort. That's a good story to be telling at the pub, isn't it? That it was the fact that it got his head. That's nasty, isn't it? Well, hard to lever those teeth out of your head without doing some real damage, yeah, aren't they? Yeah, it must have been like a baby crocodile, surely. Because once they've got you, they've got like a, well, I was going to say a crocodile-like grip, but that is a crocodile. <laughs> <laughs> well, also, they go into that death roll, don't they? Yeah. But um, this, he was on, I haven't really heard of this island before. I have to look up what, what it's called. But it's like a private island with a resort on it, like right up whatever that top of Queensland's called, like, you know, like where Port Douglas is, like that same distance again up, sort of oh, like right, right up okay. there. Sort of. And it's like a private resort island. And I think it costs like, I think this is like two and a half thousand pounds per night per person to stay there or something. So it's quite like, it's hard to get to and expensive when you get there and you get eaten by crocodiles. I'm not sure it's really... Not that appealing as a glamorous holiday destination, maybe. But a once-in-a-lifetime experience. You don't get 
chased by a crocodile very often, do you? No. But do you think that people do things like that just so they could say, oh, we were on a private island and, you know, surely, surely it doesn't have to be that expensive, does it? No, I guess not. It might be quite nice, but it's... Is like a different world up there, and I haven't. You've been to more of that sort of country than I have, but with your kakadu explorations and things like that. But it is something completely out of the box in terms of not like anywhere else that you're going to be. Absolutely, I think I think all of that area is so beautiful for the scenery. You know, you could do 360, and you'd still be seeing something gorgeous wherever you're looking. It's beautiful. I caught up with my niece Caitlin in Perth, and she has a boyfriend called Jack, and he is from. And I, oh, I forget what he said, but it's like the very top of Western Australia. Like he's from right up there and has all these stories about, you know, crocodiles and swimming with sharks and going fishing on the reef. It's, it's just like this different planet kind of thing. It sounds incredible. It makes you want to go there, but it's like, oh, yeah, that's, you know, like five days driving to get from point A to point B. It's just like, it's a very long way. It's a long way. You've got to have a lot of time. Lockie was talking about spear fishing, and I just yes. thought that would be amazing. But he put me off because then you're literally standing there with a bag of bloody dripping fish, which is like sharks come over here, isn't it? Well, exactly, because they can smell blood in the water from like, I want to say like 100 miles, but a long way, like very sensitive to blood in the water. So you stub your toe, you may as well just give up the ghost because <laughs> you are done for. <laughs> I don't know how far off 100 miles is, but that would be interesting to find out. What is it about us then that's just so attracted to kind of grisly animal on human attacks? What appeals about the story? Yeah, because you always read those, don't you? You know, if I was flipping yeah. through a newspaper and I saw, ooh, you know, shark attack, bear attack, hippo attack, I would read that. No, always. It's much more interesting than you know, killed crossing the road by a semi-trailer kind of thing. That's, you know, tragic, but doesn't have that same Jason Statham kind of <laughs> adrenaline rush about it, does it? Like, no. And in fact, I was reading one the other day about a woman from Minnesota who was swimming in a lake in prep for a triathlon, I think. And she got bitten 25 times by, you ready? A fish. No, an otter. No. Yes. Who'd have thought? That seems unusual. I know. They, they said it wasn't. She did think it was a fish. But, and it, like, it did some damage, Gareth. It, like, it... Well, they very strong teeth. Well, went through a, a calf muscle, broke her <laughs> ankle bone. What? Yeah. <laughs> Little feathers. Maybe they thought, like, she was a piece of wood and they were, like, trying to shape her in to fit into their dam or whatever oh, otters do. Oh, like... is that an otter or is that a beaver? Oh, uh, you're right. Now I'm getting them confused. What do otters do then? Why are they attacking you? You've humans? never been good with beavers. I don't know what I don't know what still. <laughs> um, maybe he was just hungry, and she looked a bit delicious. But otters, what do otters eat? Even fish. Fish. I've seen them in the zoo. They yeah, eat fish. they eat fish. Yeah. and they eat. So she yeah. must have just looked like a big slab of blubber, and they said, "We'll be having a slice of you for dinner, thank you, lady." <laughs> Speaking of travel stories, and this caught my eye for a number of reasons, but there was this woman in London who. Somehow her house had been fraudulently listed on booking.com and she has been getting like dozens and dozens of people turning up to stay in her house, but she she's not renting out her house. So these people turn up with a booking and she has to say, no, sorry, I, 
I, I don't have a booking.com listing. I, this, I live here. This is my house. No, I'm not renting it out. And it's just like total fraud. Yeah. And, you know, how clever. How clever. I mean, how easy to do. You just, I guess you just put it online. You put some lovely photos in and you take them. But, well, you know, with Airbnb, don't they take the money afterwards? Yes. Well, and Airbnb, well, okay, I've got two stories here. That, um, so I think you're right. That it, there are different platforms have different systems and it must be easier in some than others. Because my, oh, I don't know if you know Lisa Bordolotto, who's my cousin Fraser's wife. She has been in touch with me asking for advice about London because she's planning a girl's trip from Australia to London. And she sent me this booking.com listing in Shoreditch in like, um, it was Hoxton Square. And she said, oh, this looks a good location. What do you think about this place? And I I said to her at the time, and this was before I'd even seen this fraudulent story, but it was like, it looks too good to be true. Like it doesn't, there's no, I can't, there's no big hotel in Hoxton Square. And this apartment was like, you know, the pictures looked amazing, but it was also very expensive. Like it was like 800 pounds for like two nights in a one bedroom apartment. But the anyway, I said, I would just be a little bit careful because that doesn't quite make sense to me. And then I saw this fraudulent story on booking.com. But um, another friend got scammed on Airbnb. He rents, this is Danny Haddon. He rents out his flat on Airbnb. He'd rented it out, gone away. And the person he'd rented it to had then fraudulently sublet it on long-term leases to a number of different people and disappeared with the money. So, yeah, imagine that. So he didn't have to honour that though, did he? Well, it was a real hassle because he was in the middle of the Netherlands somewhere doing a water polo camp and got a call from his cleaner saying, "Um, there's people here and they won't leave and I don't know what to do. So he had to come back from the Netherlands to try and sort it out. Airbnb were no help whatsoever, like nothing to do with them kind of thing. Couldn't, couldn't, were not interested. He had to get these people out of his flat because he called the police, but they couldn't do anything because they had, someone had given them access. So they weren't like, they were, hadn't broken in. It was a nightmare, nightmare development. That That's a worry, isn't it? If Airbnb aren't backing you up. Yeah, because Airbnb will verify you as the, that you have a property that you're renting out. They do lots of checks on you. So the property is real, unlike the booking.com example, but they hadn't done any verification on the person who was doing, who was trying to rent you out. It was, it was crazy, crazy, yeah, crazy, that crazy. Seems, I mean, that would be a nightmare, wouldn't it? I, I couldn't think of anything worse because, you know, it's on your holiday. No, it ruins everything. Yeah. Because yeah. my friend Jacqueline, um, she went on a girly weekend, I think, I think it was three or four nights with some friends down to a caravan and they got there late because they'd left after work, didn't matter because the key was, you know, they knew where the key was and they got there and couldn't find the key and banged on the door trying to get in through the windows. Oh no, what are we going to do? Eventually some bleary eyed lady comes out of the door and says, what on earth are you doing? And they said, oh, it's sorry, this is the caravan we booked. And she went, this is our family caravan. We do not rent it out. So what did they do? Well, they just had to go and they, I mean, she went, I think they went like 40 miles away and camped in some Premier Inn, I think, because they couldn't find anything else. 
That's crazy. Well, it's like that woman on um, the the bookie.com story. She was in London and she had was saying, well, the, you know, this one time these three girls from Argentina rocked up. It was in the middle of the night. They tried to find them a hotel nearby, but there was nothing. So she ended up making beds for them on the living room oh, floor because yeah. she didn't feel right about turning them out into the night, you know, with nowhere to stay. So it's just really crazy. That's a good story. It's almost like a little film that I could see that working. Uh-huh. Yeah. Who would play her? Oh, you've got to get Marilyn, haven't you? Come on, Meryl. Oh, I think it's probably Emma Thompson, isn't it? Oh, no. She's been she's getting on my nerves, Emma. She's trying Is a bit she? too hard. Yeah. What, ever since the coronation? She's or? gone a little bit like, oh, I'm a crazy Brit and, you know, I'm old enough not yeah. to give a shit. And I'm like, oh, come on now, rein yourself in. She is the new Maggie Smith, do you think? Yeah, but Maggie Smith's got decorum. And I don't. Mm. I think Emma's lost hers a little bit. <laughs> I'll have words next time I see her. Um, I have got a quiz. I wasn't sure if it was my turn or your turn, so we've got one. Have you got a quiz? Well, whose turn is it? Well, I'm not sure I lost track. I can save my quiz until next time if you've got a quiz. Well, my, mine's about animals. What's yours about? Uh, history and geography. Oh, shit. We'll do animals. Right. Okay. <laughs> I'm not doing history and geography. Right. Okay. Shall we do a quiz? Ready. Okay. I thought you might be a little bit, you know, tired after your Australian trip, so I haven't gone too hard today. <laughs> it's just my face. My face always <laughs> looks like this. Honestly. I've been trying to rehydrate the jet lag. It's been killing me. You're looking delicious. Here is a quiz about animals. Are you ready? Standing by. Poison barod, as we say in Wales. Okay. Which animal, I'm starting easy, G, which animal has the highest blood pressure? Giraffes. Oh, yes. I thought you might know that one. Oh, that was a bit of a guess, but there's something, they have like a foamy bit in their neck because their blood has to like pump really hard to get up there, but then it could go so hard it could kill them by giving them a stroke. That's right. It's really interesting. A giraffe's a fascinating um, animal. You couldn't make a giraffe up if you said there's this crazy looking animal that's just got the, it's just like, no, sorry, no. that's not real. That's They're not, like that's a not Quentin real animal. Blake sort of imagining, aren't they? But Yes, good yeah, illustration reference, good you. illustration. <laughs> Come on, Roldal. <laughs> right, number two. What's the best way to tell the age of a lion? Um, it's got to be so, oh, something to do with his mane. Is it like, um, or is it the number of his teeth? Number of teeth. I'm going with teeth. Is that your final answer? Teeth is my final answer. Lock okay. it in, please. Well, you did quite you did quite well actually, because there are three, which is the depth of his mane, the colour of his teeth, but is it? the prime the primary one, which I was looking for, and you failed to deliver, is his nose, the darkness of his nose. Is it? Yes. That's a good one, isn't it? I think that works the same for me as well. My nose is getting a very, like, sunburnt sort of colour, and I think that's just my age coming through. Yeah, mine is definitely red. That's a worry, <laughs> isn't it? That's the gin. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> your, your ears keep growing, don't they, as you get older? Yes, But does yes. your nose, your nose does Your it? nose as well. Your nose and your ears are the two things, I think, because oh. the cartilage just keeps, like, getting bigger and bigger. That's depressing, isn't it? Well, you started with big ears to begin with, so you... <laughs> All right. How rude. Okay. Just stating facts. Number three. We're moving on. Where is the only place on their body that dogs have sweat glands? Um, dog, uh, I'm looking at a dog right now. Yeah. See if he's sweating anywhere. He's not really. I, isn't that something to do with their tongue? 
or like you know when they put their head out the window and like with their mouth open isn't that something to do with keeping cool with their sweat i'm gonna say tongue final answer ah oh, no it doesn't sound convincing um lock in tongue lock in tongue that's a big fat uh-uh. it's oh. the pads of their paws is it isn't that interesting who knew Okay, here we go. Talking of tongues. What creature has a tongue that can measure the length of its body? Ooh. Ooh, um, uh, ooh, ooh, ooh. An echidna. An anteater. Um, uh, porcupine. Um, <laughs> somebody with a really long tongue. <laughs> uh, porcupine. No. I don't think porcupines have got really long tongues, have they? They have to get in the termite hills. They, like, put their little slippery little tongue in. Blah, 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 blah. Oh, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Well, actually, it's a chameleon. That is very closely related to, por- to a porcupine. Oh my god, it's so not. Oh, just on chameleons, we played a really good game the other day in Perth, which was called Chameleon, where you had to like, one person had to pretend that they knew the answer, but they didn't really, so you had to kind of bluff it through. It was good, I liked it. Yeah, Lockie was telling us about that. Ah. Because they're coming for Christmas, so um, I'm hoping some of these games that he was talking about will be coming home for Christmas with the Secret Santa, because they sound <laughs> really good. We played... Um, Taco, cat, goat, pizza. Have you played that? That's not a real game. You're just making words up. It is, and they (laughs) like that as well. So hopefully we'll be buying one of those for Christmas. Right, final quiz question. Um, This is for a bonus 10 points. Thank you so much. You're welcome. What is the closest living relative to the T-Rex? Ooh, closer to... Um... Oh, we went to the museum, actually, with, with Lockie and Sophia as well. Forgot about that. Oh, did you? Yeah. That's, um, no, the Science Museum or the Art Museum or... Well, it's a, we've only got one museum. You've got the Science Museum down in the bay. Oh, no, we didn't go there. It, it, was, oh. it was just a bit of a poor relation because they'd only, you know, they'd been to the National, His- the National History Museum in London. So um, Cardiff has, no, the Cardiff Museum has some very good impressionist art. Those sisters, with all the money from the coal, bought some decent art. They knew they what they did. were doing. But we didn't go to that bit. We went to the dinosaur oh, okay. bit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the closest living relative to the dinosaur that is the T-Rex, my answer is... It's got to be a bird of some kind because they all turned into birds. I'm going to say it's a chicken. <gasps> Bendigedig? Well done. It is a chicken. It's not. It's, You're making that no, up. No, I swear to goodness. That is right. Well, Chicken done. was my comedy answer. That is really good. I've got a joke for you which is related. Do you want to hear it? Yes. Okay. What trainers do chickens wear? Um, Reeboks? Well, poo to you because that's a poor show. <laughs> The answer is, the answer is, but you spoiled it now, so well done, Well, if I'd done the voice, I would have got the points, but... You don't get any points for that. You were spoiling my joke. (laughs) On that note, that brings us to the end of another episode of Wondercast. Yes, indeed. It was lovely to have you with us, and thanks for listening to our drivel, everybody. If you want to get in touch, you can get Gareth on Twitter at GTV London. Until then, have a really super week. Bye. Bye.